Welcome back or welcome to the club podcast, the official podcast of Mafina, which is a bit strange to say. Episode number five, joined by the usual suspects, Ethan Olin and Mark O'Day, senior players in the club. Uh, maybe Mark O'Day will start with the Herders winning last week as, uh, yeah. as um, a great occasion. What a win. What a win. I don't think they'll agree that it was a vintage performance, but aren't they the kind of wins that... Nafina kind of struggled to get, so um, no fair play. The um, heart and soul kind of got them through. Um, special mention, I suppose, to Conor McHugh, who was a rocket fullback on Saturday, and then his knee took a bit of a wobble on Sunday. Um, congratulations to himself and Lorna on getting engaged. Um, and I suppose Lorna just let him, even though he's probably going to relocate that loan, let him play for Nafina for another four or five years of his senior career left, maybe more. So, yeah, not leave him with us just for a few more years, please. Uh, Aoife, we have a big kids training session with a thousand people on December the 10th at half 10. And Marco D and my brother Niall Cooper inform me you're doing something at it. What is that something? Oh, go on, Mark. Go on, Mark. You're not going to match that. Um, we'll mention one of us. I mentioned. think so. Your better half, Raj, um, we'd be good mates with him, Johnny. He gets very wound up, uh, easy to wind up, basically. And in the club, about two or three weeks ago, I think it was Owen Merton trying to wind him up first. And he betted him not that we condone betting on uh, this podcast, but he he he, uh, he bet him a so he bet him a sum of money that you would beat him in a race which he strongly disagreed, <laughs> disagreed yes. with. Um, and now what does Noah Cooper want? Uh, it's a race over <laughs> whatever your distance is. 100 metres, it's 100 metres on the front meters. pitch. And there's a lot, a lot uh, of on money. On the 10th. Right, not yeah. so For Niall's big transition. Um, <laughs> and we should mention Tommy Kay has just rocked into the bar with about 100 screaming 13 year olds giving out selection boxes. So it was a bit of background noise, you'll know, and uh, you'll know it's Tommy Kay and all the girls. So even Raj are racing at the big kids training session with a thousand kids. It's December the 10th at half 10. Um, so if you're listening, feel free to come along and see Aoife, I assume, win. Uh, unfortunately, the Camogie 21 spoke to them last last week, but on a more positive note, uh, the 14s and 16s footballers. Uh, 14s won their final, I think, yeah. yeah cool and 16s final. got into the final and they're playing Croaks on December the 9th, I think it is, actually away to Croaks. So that was great. And loads of senior lads involved with that. Al Fitz, who's coming up in a few minutes. Aiden Downs, Paddy Quinn, Chewy, Yui Caffrey, Vinnie Flynn, Joey McGurk, Adam Rafter. I don't think I've missed anyone there, but loads of senior lads involved in the 14s and 16s. Did you go to any of them, Mark? No. I was at a wedding at the weekend. But I've seen them play. I've seen them play, and I suppose it's great to see all them senior players there. And um, they mightn't realise now, but in a few years, I look back and they realise how much the kids appreciated and how much the parents appreciated, and just how it kind of brings on um, some of the kids listening to and getting experience from senior players. So I suppose that's tying back into that fun day in the club and makes sure everyone's down. You'd be surprised how much how much it means to some of the. Some of the players, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And Stephen Bean a few weeks ago mentioned seeing Vinny come on for the seniors last year, and that was really gratifying for him. So it's interesting that Vinny is doing the same thing for the 14s, and he's not even that old yet himself. So uh, fair play to the lads. Um, again, Leslie will kill me. National club draw, 10 euro ticket. 
I have my right numbers this time. Fifty percent comes back to the club, so um, um, goes back to the club and the team you're involved with. So you can we we'll put it in the show notes. Like hopefully there are the link to the tickets, but you can also get it on and at the club website. Um, where does the money go? Money goes back into places like Collinstown, who the lads are doing or have been doing Trojan work. So um, your your money from the draw, a good Christmas uh, stocking filler, will go directly back into things around the club. And there's a chance to win some great prizes. It's not just... <laughs> yeah, it's not just a Ponzi scheme. Um, so what else are we going on? Uh, two more things. Uh, previous executive, I know you mentioned Smithy and Nora's. Um, Smithy's Nora McCarrick was on the podcast weeks ago. Smithy just completed his second, as of a couple of weeks ago, stint as chairperson, chairman. Um, and through COVID, he was leading the ship. And I think it's fair to say that there's a lot of success coming to fruition now after some of them, I guess, harder years and barren years through the club. So um, I know we do call out volunteerism and that's really important to do. But just for those that maybe have left the exec and all the good work coming to fruition, I think it's a very positive sign. Um, and then lastly, second lastly, before we introduce our... Um, two guests coming up now in just a moment is there was a communications workshop last week that I attended. You two didn't attend, so you have a big... You're the official podcast representative, so... We all have people saying this. Um, but Jane Daly does Trojan work along with Cormac uh, O'Sullivan in terms of PRO. Jane was telling us the week after the club final, the Hurling club final, that the impressions across, I think it was the two social media channels or maybe three, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, got um, 500,000 impressions, which is effectively 500,000, you probably know this more than me, uh, eyeballs on what we're doing. And she was making the point that a brand, any brand, a big brand, would pay a lot, a lot of money to get impressions at that level, of that level. And here we are, Jane and Cornwork and many more, putting in Trojan work and putting in great time. Um, so with that in mind, if anyone is listening, does have an expertise like communications, have, um, I guess, an interest in digital, social, you have some stories to tell. I know Dara's sitting behind the camera here, does Trojan work along with like some Morris, Graham, etc. But if you are listening, you have a family member, maybe it's yourself, you want to give anybody a dig out from a communications point of view. Um, it might be worth your while. And I know Jane has gotten a lot from it herself in work and she's... She's gotten a lot from it. Any other club news from yourselves? No, I suppose it's just worth mentioning that this is being recorded before the big Leicester final this weekend. So we're not going to mention it too much because we don't want to jinx the lads again. But hopefully, hopefully the run continues. And you're listening to this on Sunday with a very hungover head, or maybe maybe that waits on Monday, and hopefully the lads have have done the business. Yeah, big time. So, um, yeah, hopefully it's done the business. So this episode, I think it's fair to say, is a little bit different. Um, um, I'm very much from a positive aspect, a little bit different. But um, I guess when we were putting the show together, or potentially putting the show together over a couple of weeks ago now, we were looking at different guests. And for the most part, we haven't been short of names. Pat the Barman, Mary Nevin, Leah... John Caffrey, Bernie, all the Caffreys, um, and loads of other people that could be and maybe into the future will be guests. But one way that we'd like to go, would have liked to go, was kind of looking after ourselves and how to look after ourselves. And given that we have four odd thousand people, give or take, in the club, and a lot of them, about a quarter, is young people, the importance of 
uh, speaking up um, the importance of looking after yourself, the importance of looking after your teammates, your friend, whatever that might be. So um, this episode, I think, is going to be a little bit different, but equally and even more so and um, very powerful in terms of some of the insights. So coming up uh, in just a moment, we have two senior footballers from the club, Al Fitzgerald and Claire Kelly, also known as CK. So delighted for episode five that we have two senior footballers, CK uh, and Al Fitz. You're both very welcome. How are you? Very good, yeah. Thank you. Very Thanks good. very much. What was your favourite episode so far? Make it up if you haven't listened to it. <laughs> I thought the hurlers was brilliant at the start. Yeah, it was really positive. Do you know Jono? Uh, I do understand, all right, yeah. And I suppose I work in school with Nigel Harry, be part of the, oh, the Nigel team as well, yeah. So delighted for them, yeah. Really am so happy for them. So yeah, well-deserved episode at the start. Yeah, had a good few weeks, I'm sure, Jono. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought Jono was brilliant, actually. I thought he was uh, came across really well. He was he was very much himself, you know. It was mm. it was very uh, refreshing to hear. Um, really liked uh, Stephen Bain as well, listening to him. Merch was, was all right as well. He <laughs> got a lot yeah, of stick, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't let the episode go without throwing that in about Merch. But, uh, no, was, uh, I thought Stephen was great, yeah. What do you enjoy about Stephen? Stephen's an interesting one, isn't he? Such a you know, say weird but uh, obscure journey. Maybe <laughs> weird. Maybe he is weird. but It's a bit like an onion, you know? Like a, a, lot, of, a lot of layers. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's it's just he's great to listen to. You know, he always uh, he always feel like you learn something from from when he's speaking. So, yeah, what's he? Uh, he's a lecturer in DCU and was a cabinet maker. Is that what he was? Cabinet, cabinet maker, GPO, lecturer, doctor, doctor. Sorry, yeah, he's a doctor, of course. Doctor, yeah, it's most important. Yeah, we're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. getting uh, thousand listens a week. That's Maybe just uh, inflating them numbers a little bit, but. Um, Roughly a thousand there, is it? Yeah, give or take. Yeah, it is a thousand this in the week. Um, we were only saying a few weeks ago, I think he was talking about Jane. Jane Daly beforehand, just before we came on air and the amount of work that she does um, on the podcast, obviously getting great listens, um, as is other avenues, New York and socials and and lots of other things. Um, Jono, do you know Al? Al, do you know Jono years? Yeah, me and Jono are the same age group. Yeah, and, age yeah group? myself, Jono, March. Yeah, all Aaron, Paulo D, Shane Barrett, Om Q, all the lads. Um, yeah, so no, John, years now. Yeah, I have the pleasure of knowing him years. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever play her or not? Yeah, yeah, I played for a while. Yeah, played up until minor and then into senior. Then um, I went with senior football and have made a few junior cameos over the last couple of years. About a month ago. Yeah, about a month ago, yeah. Yeah, about a month ago, played um, for the juniors against Whitehall. Yeah, we were unlucky on the day. Point. I won't talk about the ref on the day, but listen, it is what it is. It's good to finally have a real jewel star on the podcast. You've been taking all the, the, the limelight we're doing, scraping the barrel with you. Who else is playing that one? Was Baxter, Vinny that one? Rafter? Sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Myself, Connor Baxter, Vinny, and Rafter were the senior contingent that they, they welcomed on board. Um, but uh, they were they, they were solid enough now as it was. We trained with second team, which is great. Robbie Burke was was training them, which was brilliant, you know. Um, so we had a bit of crack for a couple of weeks. Unfortunately, we, we couldn't get the job done as it was getting a little bit. We're getting a little bit fun, you know, so it was it was a shame we only got one one game at it, but yeah, it was, it was good. And uh, you you actually Nelly was your I know we've talked about Nelly a lot and stuff, but but it just kind of goes to show um, Nelly was your manager most of the way up. Yeah, for hurling, yeah, he would have coached us all the way from um, in juvenile from I suppose 13s to through 
minor, yeah, yeah. Um, great lad, yeah, love Nelf. He was uh, he was the best man for my brother's wedding where I was a groomsman. So um, yeah, I have a great relationship with him, and I suppose just you know great to to see what he's done so far with the hurlers. He has two sides though, Nelly, doesn't he? Like, everyone sees the strategic, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. lovely fella and like senior manager and all that stuff. Yeah, I feel like among people my age, I am one of the few maybe to have seen Nels, you know, <laughs> other side. But we're demystifying his persona yeah, here. Exactly. We might get Nelly on after the season's over and he might open up a bit. You might actually see <laughs> see what he's really like. Very sneery fella. Absolutely. <laughs> That's coming out of your mouth. Hopefully it's later on. Uh, last one, uh, named Drummond CK. How long are you on the senior football team? Uh, this was, this is going into my ninth year, I think. Ninth or tenth. No, ninth, yeah, yeah. Ninth year. Um, yeah, long time, geez, when you say it out loud. It's, it's a bit surprising. You always think of yourself as one of the younger lads on the team. But. <laughs> Uh, maybe not as much now these days when you see the, the lads coming through. Yeah, it's crazy how time flies by, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. CK Lange in the club? Much the same as Al, yeah, about nine years now as well. Just thinking back, the years just fly in, like, do you know? Um, but yeah, I've always been very happy at the club, do you know, since I come in. It was a big step, I was supposed to go back into Gaelic in college, and it was through the likes of Squinny who roped me in the day hard, the Fina girl she is. So, no, I've been very happy playing for the club and that. So. And who's that person? That, who's Squinny for those that don't know? <laughs> I don't think, we, as we were saying, we don't really refer to her as Sarah, Sarah Quinn, but um, that's, that's who the, the main lady is there. But, uh, yeah. No, she's did, did you work with her? How did, what was the connection? So, I started in my first year in a school in Cordoff, and I'm still there now to this day as well. Um, it's a Berlin school, and uh, I wasn't driving at the time, but Squinny was giving me lifts into school, and sure, we got on like a house and fire, and never looked back since. But, yeah, she encouraged me to join the team, so... With that, that's that's how I got on, yeah. She was a great player, wasn't she? She was, yeah. yeah. Cornerback. She was really fast and yeah, nippy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. nippy. I like her brother, David. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably a bit braver than David. Yeah. <laughs> so, There's no uh, fear in Squinny now. And um, here nine years in the club, give us your sense of just the place and what you've experienced. Has it changed? Have people been generally welcoming? Anything stand out in your head? Yeah, no, it's, like I say, I've been very happy here. Like, it's it's a brilliant club. Like, it's I suppose it's massive, like, compared to the club I would have been a part of when I was younger in, in Donegal, like, you know. So it's just, it's it's fantastic, like, um, everything that's on here, really, do you know. Um, the teams have always been really welcoming, like, you know, I know the girls' years now. And like Al says as well, I feel like one of the old ones on the team <laughs> um, now. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm very happy. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't fault it in any way, like, you know. Contrast the numbers roughly, what do we have, 3,900, 4,000 or whatever we have roughly at home? What sort of numbers are we talking about? Oh, I'd say it could be a fraction of that. Now, so it, there's a good senior team and stuff as well, Like, but um, you know, with ladies and that, you'd be kind of struggling to get numbers at home compared to here. Do you know you'd have so many different levels here and age groups and that, but yeah, yeah. senior kind of team there at home at the minute. Yeah, yeah like yeah. we're extremely lucky here. We've got five, yeah, five ladies. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're extremely lucky. That's it, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah so vast isn't it it's um how uh, long have you been captain of the senior football team uh captain now three three years just gone yeah three years yeah. wow <laughs> yeah it flew in really um <clears throat> first year was kind of um yeah a little bit of a blur like we we won the league which was was great uh was able to 
to walk up the steps as captain, which was a massive honour um, for me. Um, yeah, second year then, I won the league and lost out in the county final, fortunately. Um, but such an unbelievable experience to be part of, um, especially as, as captain, you know. But uh, And then, unfortunately, last year, a bit, a bit disappointing uh, year, but a lot of learnings through, through all the years. But um, yeah, I think very lucky to be surrounded by, I suppose, the lads that uh, I am surrounded by on the team in terms of leaders and captains, as you say, like there's, you know, eight or nine captains in, in that squad. And yeah. um, as, as proud as I am to have that title and I wear it with, with pride every time I, I play, uh, it is it is just a title and I'd be I'd be lost without the support of others on that team, you know. Yeah. Very political answer there, spread. Alpha <laughs> <laughs> president. Yeah. You're you're definitely the leader of the pack. Um I was gonna ask you, so the girls not last year, the year before in the final, yeah? And then last year was huh? Just Sorry, but yeah, but two years ago it was final, last year yeah. semi final and then this year final. Yeah. Um unfortunately. I like the footballers, not successful. The hurdles obviously doing this year. I wanted to ask, um, what was that COVID that first year to win the league in Parnell Park? Yeah, that was COVID. Year, no, so. it was uh, it was the year after COVID. The year after, so there was yeah. people there, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, there was people there. Uh, what was it like walking up the steps and that side of it? Never experienced myself. Yeah, it was great. Like it was, I had I had done it underage. I was lucky to have done it underage, but it was definitely different going up there um, on behalf of a senior panel. Like, kind of. A little bit daunting, um, in in ways to to go up and when you're kind of going up and representing the likes of you know Niall Cooper and Paddy Quinn and the likes of yourself and these kind of lads, it is it is easy to maybe some have somewhat of a bit of imposter syndrome, you know. But uh, yeah, like it it was unbelievable and at the time the league was just at the start of the championship and. I remember saying that I would like to be up here again before the end of the year. Um, and yeah, unfortunately it wasn't the case, but yeah, proud to have walked up the steps. Um, I think I'll definitely look back on, on that winning the league and being able to collect that trophy as a massive thing in my life, you know. Um, at the moment, I'm striving for a little bit more than that, but I think it, it still was a huge thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. And what does it... Um even your folks or family and things like that, can you remember anything in terms of, I don't know, hugging or words or mm. ending from around that day or that kind of evening? Yeah, well, I, I remember spe well specifically when I got the call the first time to to be the captain. Uh, the first thing that popped into my head was going home and telling parents, you know, and telling family. That was straight away the first thing. And as I said, it, it is a title, but it, it was something that meant a lot and something that when you're young, like you, when you look at old senior captains to imagine yourself in their shoes is, you know, it's uh, it's scary and it's something to go after, you know, and something that I definitely, I definitely tried to, to do. Um, I think there was a lot of learning in the first couple of years, but some of the people that you, that I learned from, like that were there, that passed through, old captains, McGov, Tom O'Brady, as I said, Paddy, the likes of these boys who, who you just learned so much leadership skills from. Um, yeah, I suppose going in then uh, as as or sorry on on that day then and with the trophy bringing the trophy home after the game, you know that was a, a real special thing. I think I had the the base of it in my house for about a year. <laughs> I don't know where the trophy went, but uh, <laughs> the base was was there. I think actually 
your man Mark was was handing us down for the base. Yeah, I think we got a fine or something. Didn't <laughs> we? <laughs> yeah. I think that was uh, that was there. It on, must it must be kind of mad because I like, see when we like we were young, you're mm. only a few years old, and you you saw like Mick Alvin as the captain, then Desi Farrell, and then others, and you kind of look at these lads as nearly invincible kind of figures, and it must be mad that like that's probably now how the kids, the underage, even the teams that you manage and stuff, kind of kind of see you as yeah and definitely and like it's you forget that sometimes you know like the that the kids and stuff like that it's only after games and when you come down to nursery and there's pictures and there's whatever after games that you forget that you are kind of that you're on that pedestal now that you would have looked up to the likes of what you said Mick Alvin and Geezer and the likes of those lads um so yes very daunting but at the same time like such an honor to to be able to captain the club that you have or that I have played for for since I'm you know five years old yeah um I wanted to ask you before just going CK I wanted to ask around the last couple of years as captain so on the pitch some people listening so we're getting about a thousand listeners a week I think roughly there's not many under 18 but everyone else uh, essentially above uh, 18 so they might have an idea from watching games in terms of communication what a captain might do um sort of responsibility they have on the pitch in terms of football and that side of things but off the pitch might give a sense and roughly you are after, in terms of your official captaincy after COVID and things probably change for people in terms of just whatever work challenges at home etc maybe give people a sense of some of the other things that go on and some of the other responsibilities that come into that role yeah yeah that's a great question I think uh, yeah there's a lot um, and I think there's a lot that you do unconsciously as well you know like just I know that after COVID and a lot of things I've seen myself in skills, a lot of things have built up in terms of anxiety and issues like that have, have come to the fore a lot. Um, and I feel that people were, were itching. I know myself, I was itching to get back into team settings and to be around people and around groups. Um, so I think while using it as a like as a massive tool for me to get back to being myself after after COVID and things like that, yeah, it was definitely important. I think um, it was a, it was a different perspective I seen it in, you know, to to make sure not to make sure, but to well to make sure I was checking on, um, you know, people. Not even it's a you don't go out of your way necessarily to to text them or things, but it can be a how's it going, how are you, a little chat while you're stretching out in the gym, rolling out things like that. If anyone had any issues, I, I kind of felt like a bit of a go between between uh, the management team and, and players, maybe if if they were, I know there was certain issues going on, personal issues with people that, um, you know, you, you're, you know about and you're, you're dealing with and you're conscious that that person is dealing with that as well, you know, and not everyone might know that. So then you definitely have a duty to to make sure that you know you're checking in on that person because they might not necessarily know that that you're aware but you know that no one else is aware mm. so i think the the just little chat little check in how's it going and i know from from my own personal experience that can do a lot for someone and has done a lot for me in the past just general conversations and things like that so um yeah yeah i think there is definitely a, a bit of a, a duty of care just to to be checking in and just to make sure that you know people can know that they can you you can be approached you ever find that's a burden as in not that you would think you have to have all the answers but that in that role as in the title captain etc you ever find it a burden of 
oh, I better know the answer or I, if I don't have the answer, somebody mightn't, I don't know, take on board what I'm saying or whatever it might be. Or did you always, because I know you for years now and you do, to be fair to you, you have a caring nature and you embrace things and you kind of tend to go when you see, which I think is great. But I suppose that was, yeah, that is the question. Do you ever find it a burden sometimes as to so much potentially to get around as well as playing your own sport and captain in the team? Yeah, I think, you know, you can definitely lose yourself a little bit in it. Um, and I think, you know, you really need to nail down yourself before, uh, you know, others. And going to training was a very much, uh, was a thing for me, was an out for me to um, to get out and just get away from the, the everyday struggles of ongoing life and work and so on and so forth that, that everyone does. Um, Definitely some days you you want to just go up there and be quiet and train normally and slip into the background and just do your drills and, and get out of there. But I think as a captain, you, you have that duty that, you know, you've got expectations on you and you have to know that, you know, you always put in that role for, for a reason. Um, and while, yes, sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming in terms of if you're taking on a lot, um, and then you lose sight of your own performance and things that are important to you start to fall into the background a little bit. I think it's important that you, you come back down on yourself, you know, and you're, you're nailing down your performance, you're nailing down the things that you can control before anyone else, you know, um, and I think that that helps, that gives you the, the, the kind of the step up then to help other people because you're you can kind of be comfortable in in what you're doing yourself you know yeah makes complete sense ck or even if on the girls side ck got you first on the girls side as describing people that would maybe look out for other people who are some of them people be it currently or in the past that maybe you played with or come across in, in the team yeah there's there's plenty which is such a positive thing like i can't really think of anybody who wouldn't take on that caring role as well um, no matter if it's young or old, like it's it's amazing. Um, to know you can name loads of names in our team. Like there's so many good girls. Like they'd be looking out for you. Like say maybe if you had an injury or something like that, you get a text and like like Al was saying to you, how are you doing? Thinking of you or you know hope your surgery goes okay today or you know people do be looking out for you and it it does go a long way. It's not like you need anything drastic, like a big long message or anything like that. It could just be a simple check and like look, I'm thinking of you. You're just acknowledging that you can see the person is going through something difficult. Maybe you don't know exactly what they're going through, but just to acknowledge it and just, you know, for that person to feel seen is, is massive. But no, we're really lucky. Like, the girls are amazing. And even management, like, I found even with, like, Jerry, our manager this year, like, he's so approachable and it's such a good quality. Um, Like, I had great chats with him this year, like, and he's just... You know, it's it's great to have people like that, and it's the same with anybody who's on our management. You feel like you can go and talk to them, um, or reach out to them. Do you know, and that they'll look out for you. Just a general question. Do they, just as maybe a traditional thought might not be true, but the girls still find it easier in some ways to be open in comparison to males. This is just an open question, anyone, but. I'm not sure where it's at overall. Traditionally, males are probably stuck a little bit, or bravado and. I don't know, yeah. masculinity takes over, but maybe that's broken a little bit, but are girls still open enough, Aoife, in terms of, depends what you're talking about. Yeah, I suppose it depends what you're talking about, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think they're probably a little bit more open than maybe men in general. Um, so yeah, I remember it was 2021, um, we were all kind of, as Al mentioned, 
coming out of COVID and it was a completely different experience for everyone um, like social interaction and stuff we hadn't been training and everything and it was the night before the darkness into light run um, and yourself and Hannah had created a, a video um, for particularly our team and I think you just you spoke about kind of your own hardships or whatever um, through the years why did you do that like what was the the intention of that and why did you feel it was important for maybe some of the younger girls to do yeah, that? Yeah so um, I suppose it was just very relevant at that time like we we're going to bed and I suppose we'd recorded it earlier but it was just really relevant to the girls and everybody on the team at that time and I suppose for me like I'd gone through a difficult time in my life and like anyway we all have good days and bad days but I did have a particularly bad experience and I suppose like I suffer from depression and anxiety and do you know I, I had to get you know help and had to reach out and I needed a team around me to, to get through that difficult time but I just felt like for me during that time something that was a, a small turning point it wasn't again a big drastic thing it was just you know through talking to people and a really good friend Lil um, she'd spoken about a, a teacher who I could relate to who had had panic attacks and who you know was finding things difficult at the minute but it was just through that like seeing myself in someone else it just really normalized it it gave me that kind of flicker of hope that okay god this actually could be okay like maybe I will get through this so that's just where it came from just to to know that like it it happens to ordinary people like it's it's just it's hard because you can't always see it you know but just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's there but just sometimes things like that can just you know make people feel more open about it or that they can approach you to talk to you about it or that they're not alone, really, because one of the worst things is that you feel very alone with it and, and you can you can be very isolated. So um, that was just, I suppose, the reason yeah. behind that, just to kind of open it up and just to to make it more normalised, really, that it's yeah. it's OK. I know it's really cliche, but it's OK to not be OK. Like, it's 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 very common, but there's help there, do yeah, you know? I definitely think you opened that door, so it's for maybe some of the younger players as well, that and you became that person that they went to if there was any questions or anything that you kind of like, as I said, normalised it a bit more yeah. um, for the young players. Yeah, no, definitely. I've had some great conversations um, with some of the girls of the years and you're always learning something as well when you're having those conversations. Like I can just, those little nuggets of information that you're having from those conversations, they stick with you and like you go back to it every so often. Like it could be something so small, like, but um, I really have had great open conversations with some of the girls and like some of the things that I know that some of the girls in our team are doing for each other is amazing. Like it's so, it's just admirable. Do you know what I mean? Even for, I think if it was me at that age, I wouldn't have been able to do that. But they're just they really look out for each other and they they go to great lengths to to do that. You know, just really unconditional and just so caring and supportive. They're they're amazing. So so I understand. So you shared with the girls a couple of years ago now, but shared with the girls some of the your own journey directly yeah. with them. By doing that, what did that, apart from sharing, you'll obviously been able to openly, what else, What? how does it make you feel? Is it a weight off your shoulders? Is it just something that is good for you to do? Has it been on your mind in the sense, I would like to share this for a long time and it's like a monkey off your back. What's the, what happens from your perspective, I suppose, after that? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. Like I suppose it's it's a mixture of things really. Like it's, it's not the most comfortable things to talk about, but you kind of get strength from knowing that you might be able to help just one person or, you know, do something small towards helping that person. Um, yeah, for me, I suppose, like, I, I feel like people probably knew that there was something or 
you know, maybe like I I had gone home to Donegal for a few months at that time to kind of just recharge and you know build myself up again. But I, I know the girls on the team at that stage would have looked out for me. They would have sent the odd text, but I would have, I suppose, just maybe said, "Oh, look, I'm not well." I wouldn't have actually said, "This is depression or this is anxiety or I'm burnt out." You know, like now it's easier, but. I think it takes a lot of time before you can actually look from nearly the outside in and and open up a bit more. But yeah, no, it definitely it it felt good. And like Zifa was saying too, you can have conversations like going forward, and there's not as much of a stigma about it. You know, it's 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 really common. Like that's the reality of it. But no, it it did feel good to just you know feel that you could do something towards helping someone else because there were a lot of people like my family, my friends, the team. You know, everybody was so supportive. Like work. Like, there's endless amounts of people like and even like professionals as well have helped out you know um so like it's just you know it's just kind of trying to do the same thing back there ck there was kind of a a little bit of a stigma about it and i think like well you'll probably know better but over the years i do think it's kind of so it's become a bit more normalized to talk about it you're both teachers do you think there's enough education now with younger kids about it and there's enough like say maybe workshops in school and talk about it do you think kids are more aware of it now or I there's there's definitely a huge need and a, a growing need for it like um like I see like in schools like we're very lucky in our school that we have a school counsellor and like we could have a really long list of children that are you know going to seek that support it's just it's so needed but unfortunately there aren't the same kind of provisions put in place for other measures in school and it's probably one of the most important things to be put into schools but um, it's it's going in the right direction, but like ideally, like in some of the schools we're working in, if there was that kind of grant for a counsellor at certain points for the week, like because like in our school that that's paid for separately, and we have to fundraise and stuff for it. But we see the value in it, so like it's 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 it is obviously covered. But um, I think just you know absolutely, and I think like since since COVID, especially the numbers that are you know they've risen so much yeah. and. You know, as class teachers, you, you you give all the support that you can. But at the end of the day, you know, you have a class or you have a group of children and all their all their needs are, you know, are, mm. are your of your care. Yeah. That's why that extra support is so important, you know, and if that was available or, you know, more more available. I feel it would be a massive of massive benefit to, to the kids in who are going through that because you know, some of these kids are struggling to come to school. They they they're having a bad time in school, and you know, school nowadays is is a fun place. You know, yeah. like it's it's a good place. Yes, there's a bit of work done, but you know, the majority of the day is is good fun or there thereabouts. You know, um, and to not want to come there, not want to mix with peers and classmates. You know, and then you're growing up and into secondary school, and your social interactions haven't been great in primary. It, it's like a rolling ball, you know, and uh, it's it, that support is really important. What what um, what sort of ages are we talking about in terms of where you're both teachers? As Eva said, like, do you see people? I don't know if struggle is the right word, but see people maybe difficulties. Like, I, I'm probably a bit living under a rock here a little bit. What sort of ages in terms of the kids would you see? A, I don't know a challenge, or mentally, would you see them have something potentially going on? I think it's getting nearly younger and younger, though. I, you'd see it all, but I know maybe for teenagers or secondary school, Canadian children, like, there's a lot more pressures, a lot more stress or, or that, but, like, I've definitely seen it, you know, in children quite young. And in primary school, like, it could be 
anxiety, going through a stressful time or grieving or there's a lot of things I suppose that bring up do you know difficulties but I don't know certain things think. yeah I think like anxiety is brought on by certain things that yeah. even thoughts of going to school brings That's on right, anxiety yeah, like school know. refusal or that kind yeah, of thing absolutely and you know I'm I'm only after masters a couple of years so I'm in no way an expert at all in this but just from experience over the last couple of years like teaching say 9 10 11 year olds like I've seen a lot of it in in that age and I think, you know, when, as they're getting older and they're going through different emotions and they're not sure how they're feeling about things, that all gets complicated and into the mix. And I think, you know, sometimes, yes, they do, like they're going through a certain age and they grow out of that. Other times they don't. Other times that anxiety is, you know, it's real and it stays with them. And, you know, that's where going into secondary schools, especially, you know, to pass on reports so that the proper professional help can be given, you know, mm -hmm. because as I said, teachers are trying to do all they can, but that extra support is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's probably just coming to my mind here, a good time your reminder maybe just to mention, obviously there's coaches and there's parents in Nafina, this is specifically, um, and quite obviously we have lots of young people, mm -hmm. from, well, lots of young people in general. Um, so I think like going to them and or friend or, or teammate, whoever it might be, as you said earlier mm -hmm. on CK and I'll, yeah, it can be quite helpful. So, so just to reiterate the, the network that Nafina is um, and if potentially somebody is listening, just an mm. opportunity for the different avenues there. But I, I was interested to go back a small bit, CK, on your side when you shared the video with the girls a couple of years ago and that helped you for a couple of reasons, as you said, and it was just it, it weighed off your shoulders, maybe monkey off your back, whatever it might have been, but it built up to that point. And Al mentioned a few minutes ago of, duties for him as a captain is looking out for people texting people nudging them whatever it might be at different stages as you reflect back and obviously with the benefit of hindsight was there certain things along that journey that kind of built up built up to what it was but was there certain portions in that particular journey that stand out to you as i don't know this particular moment was difficult or this particular phase and the reason i ask is to see if anyone else potentially is going through something similar and can they I guess, figure out what markers might look like or what feelings might look like from their point of view. You mean just for myself at that time? Yeah, I suppose um, at that time, uh, like I was, I'm a teacher, like I was very happy in my school, like and loving friends and family. Like, do you know what, to anybody looking in, you'd, you'd think I was very happy and I was, but I suppose I just, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I was very hard on myself and very critical of what I was doing. Um, and I probably was a bit of perfectionist now to maybe, like you sitting here, what I was doing didn't look like it was anything perfect. It really was very average, but it was that constant pressure in all walks of life to, to try and do everything perfectly. Um, but I suppose I just, I kept up that in all walks of life, like I was saying, and um, I suppose it just became too much then. It just kind of spiralled and I suppose the, the markers there, like in hindsight you can see, but in that moment in time I couldn't see the red flags all around me. But I think people around me could see them as well. And I suppose that's where, where help was got. But I suppose I was very tired. I was fatigued. Um, it wasn't like a healthy tired, like where you don't have a bad night's sleep. It was like you would try to sleep. You couldn't really sleep. But you'd, you'd wake up feeling just not refreshed at all. Kind of just brain fog. Um, a really low mood. I suppose I was, I was, I was very upset like quite a lot of the time. And there was nothing really causing it. It was just like ongoing kind of sadness. 
um, yeah, like low mood, not very much motivation. Like I suppose I'm, I'm a sporty person and it was very hard to, to get up to, to do sports, which was kind of fed into it as well. Do you know, you kind of feel like, oh God, I'm no good or like what's wrong with me? And then anxiety, it, like both like the depression and anxiety kind of fed off each other. Like the anxiety I was having, you know, panic attacks and it was it was just basic things in your day-to-day life that you take for granted, like getting out of the house or, you know, going to work. Those things were just momentous tasks that I just couldn't really, cha- you know, uh, challenge myself to do, like. But, um, yeah, I suppose those those were kind of some of the symptoms, really, um, that were there. But, like I say, I didn't see it myself in the time until, like, the light almost went out or, like, I'd, I was kind of fairly deep into, like, a, like a dark place. Um and at that point, I suppose the, the thoughts you'd be having wouldn't be the most helpful of thoughts. Um, but I suppose just from talking to people and that, that's where you start to actually, you know, challenge those thoughts. Or like maybe if you were going to like a counselor, they could ask a, a really good question. It just opens up something like I, I remember even like when I had had panic attacks and stuff. Um, like my, my good friend Lilla was chatting to her quite a bit at the time. She was amazing. But I remember you know I was like how am I ever going to live like a normal life again I, I felt like such a freak I was like how am I I can't do anything anymore like I'm not like I won't be able to go to school or and she would kind of talk me through what was happening when I was in that kind of moment of having a panic attack and she's like how do you talk to yourself I was like well I'm going like I'm going mad at myself I'm trying to stop it like I'm like I wasn't being supported to myself but like she flipped it completely when she said to me well like look if that was your friend how would you talk to your friend if that was happening and that it was just it was like one kind of suggestion, but it flipped everything. And with that, like the panic attacks reduced and I kind of knew how to handle it better. I was like, oh, this is actually going to be okay now. But it's just it just shows you the power of talking and reaching out. And you can get those nuggets of information from so many people. But those little moments like that really did kind of flip it on its head. And just it just starts to drive you in the right direction. It's not a, an easy road out of it, but it, it, it just gives you hope that you're like, right, this, this could be okay. I feel like, uh, I know we're about halfway through this, but I feel like we're getting gold in terms of, I don't know, information that is, I, I don't know if common's the right word, but I'm sure um, people feel stressed or people feel under pressure for various reasons. Do you want to go? No, I was going to say, like, you're chatting about, it only started helping when you're talking, and then you're chatting, you, you were saying about how good an atmosphere the ladies seeing your dressing room sounds to be and how open we are and, like, is, do we, is there a reason why the men's side of the, not the club, I think society in general, and like, I've never really got that openness in a male dressing room or that kind of thing. Is, is there a reason for that? Or, or even say, maybe it's just that this, the senior ladies are such a tight-knit group and like, obviously the senior lads are as well and whatever, but is there a reason why people don't talk about it or, or what do we think? It's this harsh reality of it, isn't it? It shouldn't be that way, but it's... It is, isn't it? And I suppose it's just by kind of challenging those thoughts now or like discussing them, maybe it could go away towards supporting it. You know, yeah, I don't I think, know what you think maybe all from yeah, being I, in the dressing room. I think a lot of people, especially in, in the context of Gaelic football and, and hurling and GA and sport, a lot of people use that as an out, you know, use it they come and they come to training and as an out and you know, they get away from that kind of struggles when they're at training and stuff. So in terms of that in the dressing room maybe that's not the place where they want to visit that uh, that thing. I know from a personal point of view, um, this this year, at, at the end of the year, I was fortunate enough to be able to, I suppose, stand around um, in a 
in a gym with the senior panel and yeah, share share some share some just some personal experiences, I suppose, of maybe feeling you know, nowhere on the scale of, of what CK is saying here. Um but maybe some thoughts and thoughts of anxiety or worries or pressure outside influences. Mm. Um and then they then my out started to kind of stress me as well. So while I was coming to to Nafina and to training I was getting a little bit bogged down by certain things. If it's my performance, if it's you know off-field things, whatever it is. So it was it was only when I was able to kind of strip it right back and realize why I'm going to Nafina and why I'm you know putting this time and effort in. Yes, because I want to be successful 100%, but also because I want I have made connections, best friends for life, like already that I ha have on that team, and. Because of that, that, the small kind of encounters I was talking about earlier, that's when they became really important to me. Um, because people didn't hadn't maybe didn't, don't realize what's going on, mm. but you know you know yourself how you're feeling, and just a little conversation or a little chat with someone or a joke can can really make it make a big difference, you know. Um, and I felt like after that, after what the team had done for me, that I I almost owed it to to them because I hadn't necessarily spoken to anybody bar maybe my uh, partner Mern about this who has been or sorry is unbelievably supportive in, in everything but um, I felt like it was a that was the time then to to just let them know that I was actually you know having a, a bit of trouble during the year and that you lads or that it was the team that you know that pulled me through um, and that was a you know personal thing for me to share with the team at the time mm. I didn't think I'd be able to do that and Back to what you were talking about earlier, Johnny, like I woke up and I think that, you know, we exchanged a few messages and I felt lighter, like physically I did feel a little bit lighter, even though all I did was just say that I, I look, I've been feeling a bit crappy, whatever, sometimes. That's actually kind of fairly powerful, like you're the senior captain of the club and one of the markship teams or whatever, like, so I suppose randomers around the club are just people maybe that don't have any personal experience or whatever. They'd hear that and they think, no, nah, there's there's no way someone as strong-minded as you look on the pitch or as determined as you are in your gym work and your fitness to get to the level you are could have them kind of difficulties. That That's what I suppose I would have thought when I was 17, 18, 19, even un until 22, 23 growing up. So it is, yeah. it is kind of powerful. And it's probably only when you say that when other people realise, oh, yeah, it is like and it was you know it was really came from the top last year in terms of management like mm. they made it a safe space you know um like you know larry norton you know he's he's great crack but larry was larry is a very very caring you know and he made that a real safe space mm. and i feel like the team like it was it was such a strong connection and a bond that i had with those lads regardless of on pitch how we were getting on but off the pitch that, uh, yeah, um, just as I said, sorry, it was important to me, but yeah, sorry, you're right. It, I think it's important to have perspective and it was only after that that you, you start to be more conscious of mm. other people or how they're feeling or things that are going on in their life, you know, especially in a, in a sporting context because sporting is only a you know fraction of what that person does, you know, if it's GA, because obviously we're all here volunteering that person has another life completely dealing with work and different friend groups and certain things that might be 
influencing their their feelings you know so being mindful of that being kind of having a bit of perspective on that uh came to me a little bit kind of after my own mm. thoughts of uh, or anxious thoughts i suppose whatever and what's just striking me listen and it's almost uh you know privileged the right word but privileged to be listening to some of this but the courage whether it's your video ck or even al because i was in the room as was other 30 was that day um the courage it must take or it does take to but then on the flip side as a beneficiary or a listener of in your case al um to some of your information it was almost uh and number one was perspective thing of like we were essentially talking about the year that didn't go as well as we'd like to go and kicking the football and it's great and it's a lot of fun but at the same time does friend groups and touch water all here and in 40 years having a point or whatever it might be um but it must take a lot of courage i wanted to ask al around that safe space like was there anything in particular that I know contributes towards a safe space and I ask it kind of somewhat on behalf of other teams other coaches whoever might be listening that if and when somebody else has a challenge how do they create something so you mentioned Lars anything in particular that you feel contributed towards the team being as safe as it is yeah I think uh, like I think honesty really is at the root of it all you know um, and like how much are you willing to give information wise about your life to people that you're playing on a team with you know how important is it to you so i think getting to know people and sharing information and i think personal information knowing that about other people i think like being honest with an open group i thought i think that creates the space and i think that if if i do it or if someone else does it speaks first or you know if he speaks first then then i might draw my hand up type thing so i think it's a case of courage yes i think honesty and you know to, you have to be brave to, to speak first but you have to be brave to to share it all you know mm -hmm. so if if someone shares first in a team context and you share 12th you know that's that's sharing like as well you know so i think it's a bit of a knock-on effect that if you see someone else do it, that you'll be more inclined to do it. Yeah. Um, as well as, you know, it's got to be a, a confidential space. Like it's got to be, you've got to know that what you're saying to someone that, you know, I'm telling this group because I trust this group. You know, I don't trust the rest of the world out, outside of this group. I trust you, you people. Mm. Um, and that was, that was the case for me. And now um, I'm here on saying it on, on the podcast or whatever, but. <laughs> Shit, edit all that. <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah no i think yeah like as i said just seeing someone else do it i think is is uh is a great little kick that that you need you know yeah you don't want to jump in here my last thought for now is you mentioned like community loads ash mentioned friendship place for all merch was fun in terms of previous episodes some of the other guests some of the things that they mentioned but, but if you go further, Al, to your point, like, I don't know, bond, I don't know what the strongest word deeper is. I don't know if it's bond, maybe it's the trust, maybe it's sacred, I'm not sure exactly. But to be able to, you or anyone else for that matter, to feel the space is that, as opposed to just it's down for an hour, you go home and do your session, you go home, whatever it might be, it probably just further reflects 
hopefully positively on what the club is doing as a whole. Like we're obviously doing lots of people training lots and all this sort of stuff. But underneath it all, as you said, with Stephen Fitz earlier on, when you strip back the layers, there's something very, very real there, which, um, yeah, it's just good to be a part of, I suppose. See, guys, you're listening to some of Al's thoughts, story, anything resonate as, I don't know, similar or what's coming to mind as you're listening to the other side? Yeah, I think I think Al is really amazing to be speaking so openly in front of his team. It's amazing. Like that's that's the way forward. Like as as Mark was saying too. Like how to be open it up a bit more in in that the I suppose the men's dressing room is you know on par with the ladies. It's not to say like we're like talking about feelings all the time <laughs> or or anything like that. <laughs> um, but no, a lot resonates, and I think. Like what you're going through is it's so relative. Like it, it doesn't matter like what you're going through. Like in that you know, in your mind or in anybody's mind, like it's it feels like the weight of the world. But to someone else, that mightn't be stressful as such. Do you know what I mean? Like so, it, it a lot resonates with me, and it's it is all very much relative. Do you know? Um, but it's amazing. Like that that's definitely the way forward. And I think it was a lot more difficult for you than for me to do it in a wee video. That was shared internally, and in you know, in a link, do you know what I mean, to the girls in the WhatsApp group. So I think that took a lot of courage to do that, and I think it's it'll go a long way. Do you know, it probably you probably know yourself; it already has, and I think that's that's a lovely part about the club too. That there's there's those wee things going on behind the scenes, and there's that respect for other players. Like you know, the certain conversations are had, but like it's not like you're shouting that from the rooftops that you know that about a certain person or that they're going through difficult times. Just that you're looking out for them, and I think. For someone like Al, especially like being the captain, like that's given you such an amazing insight into looking out for your fellow players. You know, you have that empathy now that you're like, look, maybe he's not okay. I'll just, I know how important that is, just to check in or have a joke just to ground them. But it's amazing. Like it's, it's really, really positive. So it is. Yeah, I fully agree. Just okay to be honest. I think, like, my our team has been like a second family, especially in the last year or so for me. Um, just other things going on at home and stuff. Um, and like. It is that just like creating that trust and like it's as easy as just sending a text saying how are you today how's xyz at home or whatever and it is it is creating that kind of safe space at home it's it's lovely yeah it is a little goes a long way like it's not a big long heartfelt mess Uh, that's gorgeous too don't get me wrong but you know it is just something small that just it it acknowledges that you're thinking of the person and and that that person really matters to you you know and see what you're saying like a little goes a long way like i just just before we knew we were kind of doing this topic this week and I just kind of had a look at a few of the stats out there and stuff and there's like 5,000 people on a HSE waiting list for over, been, been there for over a year and stuff like that. So like say, if there are listeners or even for ourselves, like, and you kind of do notice that you get up to training or you're whatever and someone's just that bit off or whatever, they haven't opened up whatever. Like what are the kind of small things that benefited you or that you know have benefited others or like like it, it can literally just be as small as just the text kind of yeah definitely just it could just be like just something simple as like look i i noticed you in training there you didn't see yourself like you know i'm here if you need me or if you want to go for a coffee like it doesn't have to be getting into the nitty-gritty in that point but i think just being noticed and just wondering i suppose like what's going on for that person um is is really helpful but it it can be hard to like you can coming from the other side of it as well like maybe you send a message to somebody and they're not really opening up to you or that you just have to respect that as well and for the person on the other end of it as well like they know how difficult it is for someone to reach out and 
like I know I've probably said the wrong things to people, but it's it's better to say something than nothing at all. Um, and just something really simple and just general. Do you know, even if it's just me you know, for a chat or just sitting there and being with that person, not you don't even have to say that much at all. Like, yeah. do you know I think like that's the thing. If on the flip side, if if you're sitting and listening to someone, you don't have to or they're not expecting you to have answers for their for their problems, you know, and mm. you know, nobody should expect that from you know, from friends. But what you expect is the ear to, to listen, yeah. you know, and the best you can do is give that. You mightn't have answers to the questions, you might not know what to say to them, mm. but you have, you know, you're giving them that time to just vent or talk or whatever it is that they want to do in that little space. As much as they want to open up, at least that you're giving them that kind of opportunity to do that, you know, and you could, it could be in silence or it could, and you could wait a while and, or whatever it may be. But I think it's important that you don't, don't feel like you always have to have answers or, you know, say the right thing. Say the right thing. Sometimes it's, it's just the air is, is, is good enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you don't have to answer this, CK. Did you get professional help? I did, yeah. I, I wouldn't say I did willingly at the start. Um, I suppose it took me a while to find the right doctor who got me as such. You know, I went to a few and I think I was in denial, to be honest, at the start. Um, but by the third doctor is a doctor from Donegal. Maybe that's what it was, but um, <laughs> she was just lovely. She just took one over. She's like, she's like, you're burnt out. You need to do, you know, this and that. And at that time, I was like, I, I just, I think I was so anxious, to be honest. I was like, no, I, I can't go on medication. But I know for a lot of people, that's, it's been an amazing help. But um, look, she said to me, look, if you're not going to do that, and let's say now you go back to school and, you know, this happens again, like, what coping skills do you have? And I was like... She kind of had me then, so I was like, oh, fair enough, like, mm-hmm. I'll go talk to, like, a counsellor. So she had, I remember she wrote a little piece of paper, he's called Tom, and she gave me the number, and he was up in Derry, and I went up there for a few sessions. I think the first session, just cried the whole time, like, I had nothing even to be crying about, but it just, you know, it was that kind of release that, oh, God, here, this is it, like, but it was really good, and it was it was such simple things, and, like, a listening ear, like, you're, like a good friend could be to you, but just, you know, just very simple messages or, or posing the question that can just flip things in your mind that just give you so much more space and just help you to recover and get and get through it you know really really simple things like just to be kind to yourself or um or that but I, I find it really helpful and and still to this day I kind of turn to those things like say like in, in football if you're having a bad day you might go back to something you got from that or you know it it, it makes you more resilient too there's there's a lot of pros in it and um, it's not pleasant at the time don't get me wrong but it, there's you grow in it you know what I mean you can take a lot from it and and just bring it with you in everyday life then. Yeah, it's probably, sorry, from my experience, become a lot more normal for people to have somebody, I don't know if a therapist is the right word, but people to have somebody that they go to outside of friend, uh, sport, uh, professional life, whatever it may be. So hopefully it's been normalized in that way. Um, after or with your own journey currently, as you look ahead, so you mentioned little things, text, aware, but at the same time, getting your own, you know, uh, stuff in order, I guess, first. If you were to project yourself, yourself and your role modeling a year or two or three down the line, is there certain things, would you continue to do the same, i.e. all the small things and they're important? Is it something that you feel is particularly important in terms of looking out for others that if you could project yourself in one or two or three years' time that you think would be most important? Anything come to mind? Um. Yeah, I suppose like what you mentioned earlier, it, it, sometimes 
if you're in a space that you might not be 100% comfortable in taking on too much is is a thing that that is possible you know um and as i said as captain or as you know senior member of the squad people do expect things of you um and there are certain expectations and things that you have to do but it is important at the same time um and i would you know this is something that i would you know say in two or three years time and 10 years time that if you are in a position yourself comfortably with your performance and you're on and off field uh i suppose whatever it is behaviors then it's a time now to start uh you know reaching out to others and stuff like that i think i think sometimes you can deflect uh your own kind of stuff uh, not deflect but um put put to the back of your mind and you know make other things priority so be it other people's issues or you know things that have to be done they become priority and you you do push back and uh, maybe some of the your um, personally important things you know um sorry important personal things uh so yeah i would say look just be open be honest with yourself first and that will give you the best chance to i suppose to listen and to somewhat help other people yeah it's so true i know we only have a few minutes left but one thing that's coming to my mind is we were doing a recovery session a few years ago at malahide it wasn't it was with dublin at the time and jim gavin was the manager and there's Lambay island is the island that you can see but it's a couple hundred meters away whatever it is um and we just chit-chatting or something i don't know some small talk and i getting out of the water and we just got talking about leadership don't know how but very briefly and he pointed to the island um and we were talking about leadership and he talked about people in those positions and he pointed to the island and said that's what leadership is it's isolating it's quite lonely at times but it's but it's also at the same time a privileged position you get to look back on as in perspective looking back on on things that other people can't see and don't get to do so i think leadership potentially is lonely so for those that are don't have to be in a leadership position quite obviously but there is loneliness out there and particularly maybe the ones that um i don't know you don't quite expect it of or are a bit quieter or whatever it might be often um perhaps it's it's some of them um ck are you happy am i happy yeah <laughs> yeah i am yeah triple chocolate chip cookies here she's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> delighted <laughs> yeah yeah no i am i'm content yeah it's not to say like now that I don't have bad days or like you wouldn't be human if you didn't. But um, no, I'm, I'm fairly happy uh, myself and, and how life is going. <laughs> um, what else to say really then? What? Um, I feel like I'm hogging the mic here, but it's... it's uh... <laughs> no, I was just going to ask. Um, you're both obviously senior players and physical health is huge in terms of your performance on the pitch, training. Um, whether that be, you know, your own gym sessions, your nutrition what or do you think your mental health has an impact on your performance yeah uh, big time you know um, I feel uh, personally after the final loss say that that kind of that winter those winter months I thought that that was a particularly tough time for me and that was with some personal things but also obviously with the loss of losing the championship final which unfortunately many of us in the room all of us in the room know what that feels like um but dealing with that um and also when it goes to winter obviously the contact stops so you stop seeing your your group you stop seeing whatever you might meet 25 30 people on three or four occasions a week 
goes from you know 100 to zero that just completely uh goes so that can be a bit of a shock to the system you know um and then i found myself kind of coming back um in january february not overly looking forward to it i suppose uh coming back after a championship final loss and facing into the winter i just kind of wanted to click the fingers and i suppose go back or go forward or go somewhere that uh i felt you know you know when it gets championship time and the team knits really well like and it happens throughout the year and people come and go but around championship it seems really solid that's what i wanted to to I wanted to get myself back to that and I wanted to feel like that in among the group. But it, it just didn't really, it wasn't the nature of it. It wasn't like that with, you know, different schedule and different faces around the group or whatever it was. I'd found myself not necessarily loving football for, for the first little bit of, of this year. Um, and it was only when I kind of looked back or it was my brother, my older brother, Stephen, who said it to me, he said, are you enjoying it this year? And I kind of said, yeah, not really, actually. Not a, I'm not really enjoying it this year um, so far. And then it was, uh, you know, it got into summer and things started getting a little bit more serious. And then that's, that is where I, uh, you know, I, I like to train. I, I push, you know, try to push myself and train to the best you can or whatever. Um, and it was when it got to that stage that I found myself enjoying it more and a little bit more. And then I'm performing better. Mm. And my on-field performance is, is enhanced just because my mental state is better. Yeah. I'm more, I have a bit more confidence in myself. I'm looking forward to going to training and to playing matches as opposed to, right, I was a bit shy there the last day, um, tipping away here, like training, didn't train too well there. Jeez, I was bollocks doing that drill. What's up with me, you know? Yeah. I feel like that really affected me then going out and playing matches i was kind of like i'm i know you know at the back of your mind i know i'm not 100 percent. i'm not out of here mm. but there was a different feel then for like the championship before that even the championship after that this year's championship i felt you know i felt good and mentally i felt good and that i think allowed me physically to to feel good and perform you know somewhat okay yeah so yeah big makes a big big impact i think yeah definitely like if you're feeling good in yourself and you're feeling confident it's going to shine through in your own kind of play isn't it or on the other hand if you're not feeling good in yourself or maybe something's happened in your life like it's it's hard to pick yourself up and do things as well as you would if you were feeling more like yourself no it's, it's a massive thing and it's, it's funny we spend so long training our bodies and all that but like how long do we actually spend training our minds and yeah. and that kind of side of it because it's really the driving force isn't it to get you over the line like but um yeah no, definitely this it goes hand in hand really doesn't it I just looked at my watch and it's over an hour. Um, <laughs> I feel uh, in a deep state of concentration and focus, um, which is great. I, do you have any final questions? Um, you know, it's a real privilege. I don't know. Thanks for like, I'm looking forward to listening back because I feel like there's lots there that, not that it was particularly new or you haven't heard it before lots there that well, certainly I'll learn from um, listen back myself but I have no doubt other people um, will definitely learn from in terms of just whatever you've shared and the courage and that within itself never mind the I don't know the insights the markers to somewhat I'll normalise and, and the courage and just while we're on it like sometimes you think you have the height as in like as much respect as you can for people 
Um, and when you shared that, it was only a couple of weeks, six, six weeks ago, maybe I'll, like you just jump another couple of rungs in the ladder that you didn't know were actually there, but are there. So like, I guess, as I said earlier, as a beneficiary of listening to that, hopefully it helped you, but at the same time, once you know it helped others, I think that's important as well that um, other people, you know, pay that respect and have the thanks and gratitude for getting access to those moments. Cause like catching a ball, uh, poking a ball, whatever it might be, is deadly and it's unbelievable crack and winning and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, it's the other side of it when, and we have our experience here in the club with people the last couple of years, when the other side, the ending doesn't go as the way it should be going, it's uh, all of a sudden then it pulls everything back into uh, perspective. So, um, I don't know if I have a final question. I'm all, uh, I'm pretty deep in my soul here. <laughs> I'm not talking, I'm just deep in my soul here listening. Um, Look, it's probably a good way to wrap up. I think maybe finally for me, we had sort of wrestled a little bit, just so you guys know and everyone listening actually wrestled a little bit with going this direction. Should we go this direction? Do we have an onus on people listening to go this direction? Should we stay with having the crack all the time with Jerry DeBelly and Jano and that, and that would have been easy. Um, but I'm personally very glad that we did. And obviously for somebody a few weeks ago, that kind of nudged us this way. So I guess a massive thank you for sharing, for your time, number one, for sharing, for giving us such access to things that um, um, maybe all of us don't have access to, or certainly I wasn't massively overly aware of. So um, thanks for that. Thank you for everyone listening. We have our last and our final episode coming up uh, next week to take us out. So uh, we'll see you then.